revolution. What is a revolution? Really, you've heard that word. I am believing for a Holy Spirit revolution. A revolution is a forcible overthrow of a government or social order. But I would say it this way, a forcible overthrow of a religious system. May I say an overflow of religious order in favor of a new system, a system by the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, by the God of the universe. The Holy Spirit has and plays many, many roles in our life that sometimes I don't know if American Christians recognize the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that today. He is like the un unsung hero a lot of times, and it's not going to be that way at the heart. The Holy Spirit is my very best friend. And if you're a believer here today in the Old Testament, God resigned in one place, the temple behind the Holy of Holies. That was the one place in that temple where the presence of God was. But today, if you're a believer, you are that temple. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. But it's so easy to walk around like you're not the Holy You're not the temple, or the Holy Spirit is not existing, or He's not inside of me. And I believe we, we need a revolution in that area. I, I think that because of traditions of man and doctrine of man and denominations, it's like we put Holy Spirit on the back shelf like He's it of the monsters, but he's not the it of the monsters. He's the person of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to work in and through you. He wants to be honored and recognized. He is a huge person in your personal, individual, intimate lives, but even to the place, the vastness from an intimate a relationship that he has with you and dwelling inside of you to the place of the impact that he's breathed upon men and caused the Bible itself to be written. Listen to this. I want you to see the vastness of his greatness today from an intimate relationship with you to the vastness of the best-selling book of all time. The most popular book in the entire world is called the Bible. And it was birthed because of the Holy Spirit or his activity through man. Look what it says in 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21. It says this. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. But listen, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Go with me by the Holy Spirit. Wow. The Bible we read every day is there because God put words in the hearts of men, inspired by him, breathed on by the Holy Spirit. Is God writing any more Bibles? No, it's done. It's, it's, it's Genesis Revelation. But does God still speak to men and women and bubble forth and prophetically use men and women all the time? Well, he should, and he wants to, and he wants to use you. But sometimes we act like the Holy Spirit doesn't exist. 
He wants to use you in a mighty way. He wants to speak through you in a mighty way. Though the scriptures is done, he still wants to speak through men and women this day by the power of his spirit. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring a revolution when it comes to the church. He wants us to think differently. He wants to have a koinea relationship with you, an intimate relationship. The Spirit of God, when you wake up in the middle of the night or early in the morning, you recognize the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. You begin to talk with him. You begin to fellowship with him. Saints being revived by the Holy Spirit, not by religion, not by man's doctrine, not by tradition, not by a denomination, but by the power of the living God, the Holy Spirit that's been there since Genesis. And who's with us here today? A revolution of the Holy Spirit. I want to share with you five very, very important elements of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I could probably go through 105 today, but I want to share five because in a few minutes, we're going to go back into musical worship and I'm going to invite you to come forward anywhere up here that you want to come and just lean into the Holy Spirit to ask for the feeling of the Holy Spirit that he would stand up inside of you, that you would be full, filled, filled against once again with the Holy Spirit. So the first one is number one, you can be a believer and not walk in the fullness of God, not walk in all that he has for you. You come to church every day, come to church once a week, go to small group and still not walk in the fullness of God. How do you know that, Jay? Because I've been there and the Bible teaches that. I got... I got saved December the 7th, 1986, water baptized two weeks later, but didn't get baptized in the Spirit until two years later. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I tell you what, he wrecked my life, wrecked it in a good way. I used to wreck it, but now he wrecks it. The Spirit of the living God came inside of me, and everything changed. If you've not experienced that, it's not just because of me or a few people. He wants it for you. The living God wants to come and possess your life and baptize you in fire. So Paul's on a, on a, on a, on a journey and, and he meets 12 disciples, not the original 12 disciples, but 12 other disciples. And this is the conversation that he has out in the middle of nowhere on a road. And it says this in Acts 19.2. If you have not read Acts, you should read Acts. If you don't like the Holy Spirit, if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, you would have to rip out pages, verses, and probably books of the Bible because of who the Holy Spirit is. It says this in Acts 19 too. He said to them, this is Paul talking to these 12 disciples, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? What does that tell me? You can believe and not have received. Did you, so I'm asking you, asking you, did you receive when you believed? So they said to him, we are not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. That's the problem today. 2,000 years later, people get born again, water baptized. No one tells them about the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God wants to bubble forth, wants to fill their cup, wants to immerse them like, 
a shirt dunked in tie, come on, or dye, so you become tie-dye, <laughs> and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Americans are not accustomed to spirit. Americans not accustomed. If it's not science, if I can't feel it, if I can't see, if I can't touch it, I'm not going to go there. That's kind of spooky jail. Well, God is spirit. And he sent the Holy Spirit. And he is invisible. And he wants to empower you. Signs and wonders. Afterlife. Miracle. The things that Americans are not accustomed to. We need to become more accustomed. This is the revolution that I'm talking about. He wants us to step out of the natural into the supernatural. Americans are not accustomed to these things. It's easier to say very Western in your thinking. It's very easy to say no mystery. It's all science. I see it to believe it. Touch it. No, I can't. But that's not, that's not what God, God has so much more for you. For the things which we can't see are eternal, powerful. Look what, look, look what Acts 19, 6 says. Paul does something, something very, very powerful that we practice here because it's all over the Bible. It says, Acts 19, 6, and when Paul had laid hands on them. Somebody said this to me, lay hands. That's, that's, that's not just like kind of like petting a puppy. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's laying hands. There's an impartation. There's something spiritual that takes place. There is an infusion that takes place. There is a, a transference that takes place. The, the, the doctrine of the laying on of hands is a very spiritual, powerful thing. Laying on of hands. Paul, in the middle of nowhere, meets these 12 guys. He don't even know their name. He lays hands on them, and something takes place. Look what takes place. Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Why? Why? Because the traditions of man, which makes the word of God in no effect, has impacted your life? Because of denominations, somehow you were raised. You're going to believe it something, a traditions of man or religiosity compared to the word of God. And, 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 and you're so stuck in your ways. Come on, somebody. God wants to bust you out of your ways so he can get in you and fill you, change your life, empower you, transform you. They spoke in tongues and prophesy. If you don't, you should just get, say that with me, spoken tongues and prophesy. Say it again, spoken tongues and prophesy. It's the word of God. You should get used to that. That's not weird. That's real. Just because you've not experienced. So many times people don't experience something they want to throw stones at it. Or just, it's just for those heart of the city church charismatic people. No, if you go to other countries and you see a worship service in other countries, the Methodists are baptized, the Baptists are baptized, the Nazarenes are baptized, the Catholics are baptized. You come into a worship service, you can't tell that it's not a charismatic Holy Spirit worship service because they fill with the Holy Ghost. God's doing a revolution when it comes to the Holy Spirit. 
laying hands on them, there was a transference of something that is so powerful that it changed those 12 guys' life. Look what uh, John 16, 7, 7, John, I get super excited. (laughs) My mouth don't want to flow with my spirit. It says John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus. Cole read somebody. I tell you the truth. Tell you the truth, ass. Bobby, I tell you the truth. He says, it is to your advantage. What does that mean? It's best for you. It's your advantage that I go away For if I do not go away, the helper, who's the helper? Capital H, Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Wow. Jesus himself says it's best for you that I go. But then we keep the Holy Spirit somewhere back in a dusty corner. No, not at the heart. He's going to be front and forward. I'm praying that he fill you, your life be changed. The key of receiving the Holy Spirit is a simple word called faith. I don't think anybody in this room, when you got baptized in water, that God grabbed you by the hair of your head and said, you're going to get baptized in water, boy. No, you took a step of faith. You took a step of faith in, in self. Now, some of you might need to be grabbed by the hair head. You took a step of faith when you came to know Jesus Christ. You took a step of faith whenever you got water baptized. You take a step of faith when it comes to baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does it say in Hebrews 4.2? There was a group that received and there was a group that did not. And it had to, everything to do with believing and faith. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. This word today, there's a chance it will not profit you unless you do this, not being mixed, co-mingled. You got to mix it up, man. You got to mix the word of God with faith. You co-mingle the word of God in your heart with faith, with faith in those who heard it, those who were changed were those who mixed it with faith and it changed their life. You receive salvation by faith. You receive water baptism by faith. You you receive the baptism and the indwelling of God by faith. Number two, where the spirit of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, the enemy is a great Binder. He does not want you to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. He doesn't want you to be lethal, armed, and dangerous. He doesn't want you empowered by the Holy Spirit. He wants you to just go and be a good little Christian. Do your good little deed. Get a little, get a little vaccination of Jesus. Keep you right there. Holy Spirit wants to fill you. He wants to give you a shot, Bob Dylan. I need a shot of love. You need a shot full, bam, of the Holy Spirit. 
The enemy is a great binder. He's a bonder. He's a slave master. He's a chainer. He's a shackler. Without Jesus Christ, there's a great chance that you're living in fear, addiction, bondage, OCD, greed, whatever it is, some form, name it, whatever you want to name it. But Jesus comes to set the captive free. <laughs> Jesus comes and he opens prison's door. Some of you know what I'm talking about today. Jesus comes. He comes by the power of his Holy Spirit and he breaks chains, breaks bondages. He fills you. Now let me finish that scripture. It was just my point. Second Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord, somebody say Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Why is it that sometimes Christians don't experience liberty? They don't have freedom. They're in bondage. Well, you know why? Because the Spirit is Lord. He's going to bring freedom to areas of your life where he is the Lord of those areas of your life. You can sing all day long, where the Spirit of the Lord is, we're charismatic, we're so, so excited, liberty, freedom, yeah, freedom. But if he's not the Lord of your life, sing until the Cows come home? Roosters come home? Whatever comes home. You can sing all day, but unless he's the Lord of your life, if he's not the Lord, if the Spirit of the Lord is not the Lord of those areas, you won't experience freedom. But I'm going to tell you right now, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. He wants to come. He wants to rule and reign in your life that you can walk in full freedom. I, I, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in a place called Eureka, California on a spring break. God just set me up. I went back to Kentucky. I was working for a company that made vaults for uh, caskets. How you like that? I'm out there working alone. Here's the vault, concrete. And my job was to vibrate uh, uh, the, the concrete to get all the oxygen to the top so that the concrete would be strong. I'm out there and I'm like, I just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was kind of scared of the Holy Spirit. I was like, this is kind of different for me. I don't know about this right here. I was raised in a church that didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. Those tongues being people, man, they just, they, they just kind of off the, off the chandeliers and they just run around naked, all kinds of stuff, you know. They just, of the devil, of the devil, you know, of the devil. Maybe not running around naked, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> But I, I, I know people that came to Heart of the City Church. He told me straight up, I came here because I heard y'all hang from the chandeliers. <laughs> well, if the Holy Spirit wants me to hang from the chandelier, I'm going to hang from the chandelier, I guess. I was vibrating that concrete, and I go, you know, God, here I am in bondage. Panic attacks, chronic anxiety. Lost my parents when I was eight. Lost my sister at 17. Jacked up, broke up, messed up. You name, you name it, I did it. And I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm just going to step in faith. And I just vibrate in that concrete. And I just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon me. And my life, wow. 
the clarity that I had, the healing that took place in my guts and my heart, the power that entered inside of me, the places that I was bouncing on Friday and Saturday nights was the place that I'm with a group of guys now on the streets preaching the gospel. One of my old bosses says, OJ, what are you doing out here? Man, I guess I'm preaching Jesus. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, I would have never done that without the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't do it now because you don't got the Holy Spirit. Because he empowers you to, to preach the gospel to all the nations. It's one of the great things that he does. Judea, Samaris, you name it, he, he empowers you. Look what the Holy Spirit, look what the Holy Spirit does in the area of healing. Look at Romans 8, 26 and 27. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Wow. Anybody else got weaknesses other than me? I got a trunk load of them. He helps me. For we do not know what we should pray for we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I've been there. Oh, I've just been there. Just, I don't know how to pray, but Holy Spirit, you do. Now he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for saints according to the will of God. Not your will, but the will of God. It's supernatural. People are who are not accustomed to supernatural spirit, this makes them very nervous. It's mysterious. You need mystery in your life. You can't figure out God. You can't figure out the Trinity. You can't figure out why water baptism. You can't figure it out. And it's, good, it's a good thing. Number three, moving on. We can have a life that quenches and resists the Holy Spirit. I beg you today, I don't know, however you came into this room. Jail, you know, I was told that Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, just of the devil. Well, the devil, you know what his number one tool is? He's a liar and a father of lies. I would lie to you that way. You better not ever pursue the Holy Spirit. There is no hell. He's got a book of lies. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Look what 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 says. Five words, powerful words. I want you to read them with me right now. You ready? Big scripture. Here we go. Do not quench the Spirit. Wow. You know what that quench? You know the, the Greek word? You know where that comes from? It comes from fire. It comes from you having the fire of God inside of you. And all of a sudden, you quench the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, somebody puts a, a religious extinguisher on you and says, you better not do that. Shh. That's what it's from. It's, it's from fire. It's from quenching. It's from stifling. It's from Pressing the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit does not want you to quench. Does not want you. You ever seen somebody that gets radically saved? And you're like, oh, they'll settle down. You don't want them to settle down. Set yourself on fire. Others will come and watch you burn. Come on, somebody. The world needs you filled with the Holy Ghost. Not quenching the Spirit of God. The world needs fiery Christians. Tell your neighbor right there, don't you quench the Holy Ghost. Some of you quenching him with your face right now. <laughs> Joe, you may offend somebody and they never come back. 
come to Heart of the City Church and get offended. Because whatever church you go to, I'm just offending you the first day. You're going to get offended. And it's like, what are you going to do with that offense? God uses those offenses. He wants you to grow out of those offenses. Not just quenching, but resisting the Holy Spirit. Look what Acts 7.51 does. Stephen is preaching. Oh, gosh. He just preaches this message to a group of religious folks. Polished. Just shoot, Genesis through Revelation. Just, well, not through Revelation. He would have. Genesis up to the book of Acts. He's preaching. And man, they're just like wanting to kill him. Their teeth are like Look what it says, Acts 7, 55 through 56. But he, being full of the... I love Stephen. First martyr, full of the Holy Spirit. J.O., if I get full of the Holy Spirit, am I going to get martyred? Well, you might. I don't know. But at least you'll be full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. He's a total stud, and he gets martyred. Being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. Oh, let me back up. I got to get back to the first one, because that's a good one, too, I'm going to get to. Acts 7.51, I'm sorry, look at this. This is what I'm talking about, resisting the Holy Spirit. It says, you stiff-necked, don't be stiff-necked. Even sitting here today, don't be, be open to what God wants to do. Stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Have ears to hear, have a heart to receive. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Well, J.O., this whole series about the promise and the Holy Spirit, yeah, my, my daddy just had a different take on that. Well, I love your daddy, but your daddy may have been wrong. You know, the, I was eight years old, and I was raised in this church, and we never even spoke of the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe they were wrong. I love all churches, but they need to preach the whole gospel, the full counsel of God, because you need to have everything that God intended you to have. And so they're not happy about what Stephen had just preached, and they're really not happy that he called him stiff neck and uncircumcised of heart. They begin to stone him. But look what takes place. 755 and 56. But he being full of the Holy Spirit, wow, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And some theologians say that's, well, first of all, it's the only place where we see Jesus standing. And some theologians say it's because of the honor that Jesus gave Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Wow. When you're faced with that, possibly one day, when we're faced with martyrdom, possibly one day, going into other worlds and other cultures preaching the gospel, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Are you full of traditions of man or full of the Holy Spirit? Number four, walk with him. Walk with him. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 25. That walking in the Spirit is something very, very beautiful. To range in regular line. To march in military rank. To keep step. I want, you to, I, want you to sh- I want to just show you for a minute the Greek of what that looks like if you would stand up. This is what it means to walk in the Spirit. Not in a legalistic way, but this is really what the Greek speaks of. You ready for this? Left. Left, left, right, left. This is what it is. Left, left, left. No, 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 your other left. One more time. Here we go. Left, 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 right. God wants you walking in the Holy Spirit. Left, 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 in rank. I told it, I said last night, I said, Logan, I told her, I said, man, that's how I play golf. Left, 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 right, left, all over the golf course. That's military golf. That's not how you should play golf. You can be seated. God wants you to walk in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. I say then, look, 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 look. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you deal with something of the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all those different things, it's because you're not walking in the Spirit. You're dealing with transgender, uh, absolutely confusion today. You're lacking Holy Spirit. Dealing with addiction, you need more Holy Spirit. I'm just being honest with you. Those two things, those things that, we, that, that, that war against our flesh, when you're full of the Holy Ghost, both aren't going to reside inside of you. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Romans 8, 12 through 13. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh. To live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Jesus, at his weakest moment, he's he's praying and he's sweating blood, and the disciples are taking naps, overcome by sleep, overcome by the flesh. Look what Jesus says to them. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing. The Spirit of God inside of you is willing. He wants to stand up inside of you. But the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. There's a war in each each one of us in this room. Spirit and flesh. Look at the results of walking in the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. When the Holy Spirit is truly working inside of you, you don't have to conger up like being a fake Christian smiley person. I'm going to church now. I better put my Christian smile on. And you're weird. When I'm around fake Christians, it's just weird. I'm intense pretty much all the time. What you get is that's who I am. I'd rather be intense and you not like me than being fakey. I just, I just, it just drives me crazy. 
That doesn't mean that you don't put faith on your face and stir up your gifts and, you know, so forth and so on. But I'm telling you, there is a big difference of the Holy Spirit working through you and you actually see the fruit of the Holy Spirit instead of you producing fruit like this. Oh, I got a little joy. That's weird. Romans 8, 6, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Can anybody hear the theme that I'm speaking of today? His name is Holy Spirit. This is the theme of the New Testament, you guys. My last one is this, number five, more than once. Say this with me, more than once. In Acts 2, they were waiting on the Holy Spirit, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But look what happens two chapters later. Somebody say, more than once. Somebody say, do it again. Somebody say, rally in the valley. Come on, rally in the valley. It's not just at camp. God wants you to be constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. Two chapters later, the Bible says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of people and elders of Israel. And all of a sudden, so I want you to note that Acts 2, they're filled. I want you to note that Acts 4, Peter's filled at that point. And they're telling Peter, Hey, you can't teach in the name of Jesus. Don't you lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus. Don't you do nothing in the name of Jesus. And, and I, I love the disciples because they're kind of like rebels for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We cannot but preach in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? They're not going to quench the Holy Spirit. And then this takes place, and I want you to see this, and I want you to stand up with me as we go into worship. They prayed a prayer. Stay with, stand with me. Healing team, would you come up here? Anybody in the, on the healing team, just come on here. I want you to pray for healing today, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray. Listen, listen, church. Listen. Connect with me. We're going to pray a prayer the disciples prayed. Somebody say, do it again. More than once. Say it with me. More than once. You think, oh, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1973, and that's all I need. No, you don't. You need to be constantly filled. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is the prayer. You ready to pray with me? Everybody going to pray? On three. Here we go. So when they heard that, that, so when they heard that, they raised their voice to God in one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is written in them, who by the mouth of your servant, David, have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? This is a prayer. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you've anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and of the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servant with all boldness that they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of the Holy Servant, Jesus. Now, they prayed that prayer 
They had been threatened. They had been bullied. They said, don't you preach. Don't you heal in Jesus' name. They prayed this prayer in chapter 4 after chapter 2. And look what takes place right here. Put that up. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembly together was shaken and they were all filled. I thought they were already filled. They are filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God with boldness.